You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to what amounts to an emergency edition of your Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. As uh, New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones has agreed to a long-term deal, the domino effect of that, of course, that uh, the Giants franchise tagged running back Saquon Barkley. Just uh, quickly, before before we get into uh, talking about this, please remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're listening anywhere across the Big Blue View Radio Network, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And with me, as we uh, as we try to react to uh, the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley news, is Big Blue Views Tony Del Geni- Del Genio. Tony, how are you? And uh, thank you for uh, for hopping on on short notice. Uh, my pleasure, Ed. And the answer to your question is, I'm doing great. It's been a good day for Giants fans. Yes, it has. And uh, let's kind of start there. There was so much gnashing of teeth about. Oh God, he asked for 47 or 48 million dollars and he's not worth that. And how dare he do that? And how dare he hold up the Giants for for so much money? And I have two reactions to that, people, and I'll let you, you know, speak to this in a second, Tony. But the first reaction is it's a negotiation. You always ask for more money than you're going to expect to end up with because you don't want to make your best offer right off the bat because you won't get what you want. And the the second part of the deal is if you're upset that Daniel Jones is, is making an average annual value of $40 million now, I'm sorry, people. Look at the exploding salary cap. Look at the, the money that's being thrown around the league. Derek Carr just got $37.5 million. And he's 32 years old, and I would make an argument that over the next four or five years, Daniel Jones will be a better quarterback than Derek Carr. But the reality of it is this is the going rate now for a good quarterback in the NFL, and and that's what Daniel Jones is. And and, and it's a good day for the Giants to, to have gotten Jones without having to use the franchise tag. So, you know, with, with, with that said, Tony, what are you – what are your thoughts on on how that played out? So the so the first question that came into my mind uh, during all of this today, when we saw you know what the final number was, was I and we'll never know the answer to this, but what was CAA Jones's former agent telling him about what they thought he could reasonably get and what what they would you know uh, estimate his value to be and does the number that he actually 
settled quote unquote settled for i'd like to settle for 40 million a year uh, i'd like to settle for 40 million over a lifetime uh but uh but the number that he settled for 40 million a year uh, how close is that to the number that that caused jones to walk away from his previous agent and go from them to to athletes first we'll never know the answer to that question i'm sure but i'd i'd, I'd love to know the answer to it anyway uh but but to the question you actually asked i'm uh, you know i i'm pretty pleased with the outcome. I had hoped that the average annual value of a contract that he signed would begin with a three rather than a four, but you know, there's not a whole lot of difference between 38, 39 and 40, you know, what's a couple of million dollars among friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it might be one minimum salary free agent. Tony. That's yeah, yeah that's right. One minimum salary free agent. Um, and, uh, you know the thing is that you know, as as you say, this is what the market is for quarterbacks these days. And I think, considering what he did for the Giants last year and how he showed that he can lead a team to the playoffs, not just lead a team to the playoffs, but win a game in the playoffs. And and you know, not only did the Giants get to the second round of the of the playoffs, but they did it with Jones leading the offense in the game that they won at at Minnesota and, and putting up great stats that day and just playing really well over overall. And so he showed down the stretch that he can be a, a clutch quarterback too, and that he can, you know, win with a reasonable uh, amount of support from the rest of his teammates. As far as the, as far as comparing him to, to other quarterbacks, I think the, the, the average annual value that he got is now like seventh highest in the NFL. And that, and I, and I'll agree that sounds rich for for who daniel jones is at this moment but i think we all know that in the next year or so lamar jackson and uh, jalen hurts and joe burrow and justin herbert and uh and probably trevor lawrence and, and probably trevor lawrence are are most likely going to sign contracts that are going to exceed that. So by the time we get to the end of the 2023 NFL season, Jones will probably be the 12th or something like that highest yep. paid quarterback in the NFL. And you mentioned Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is you know is, is an interesting uh case. So yes, Trevor Lawrence was the number 1 draft pick. Yes, Trevor Lawrence had a good year this year under Doug Peterson and by the way with a with a boatload of new wide receivers and, and a new tight end given to him so that he would have someone to throw with. He had a good year and he got his team into the playoffs and even got them into uh, the second game of the playoffs. But is, has Trevor Lawrence proven himself to be an elite quarterback yet? I would say no, not yet. I think everyone thinks he's going to be, and there's no reason not to think he's going to be. But the fact is he's had one very good season, just like Jones has. And he's had it with a with a great offensive minded head coach running things for him and with better personnel to throw to than, than Jones has ever had. And so people don't seem to be questioning the idea that Trevor Lawrence is a year away or, or, or two years away from getting a huge deal. Uh, and so I don't think you know you should you should question that about Jones after he's had only one season with with good offensive coaching to work with. Yeah, you know, the way that I look at this, Tony, is. Joe Shane and Brian Dable understand that their legacies are going to be attached to the quarterback position and to the decision that they just made with Daniel Jones. 
those two men are smart, experienced football people who understand what good quarterback play is. Brian Dable has been an offensive coordinator in a number of places. He's worked with Josh Allen. He's worked with Tua Tagovailoa. He's worked with a lot of quarterbacks. If those two guys didn't think that there was still upside with Daniel Jones, didn't think that they could compete for Super Bowls with Daniel Jones as the quarterback, this would not have happened. They would not have gone to this extreme to bring Daniel Jones back, you know, to give him this kind of money. And, and my bottom line is, those guys know more about good quarterback play than we do. They know a heck of a lot more about what they bit. want and what it looks like than we do. And it's their legacies. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's not Giants fans. I'm going to trust that they believe that there's more there for Daniel Jones. I talked to Chris Sims at the Combine last week. And, you know, Chris Sims said the same thing. He said he was a total believer in Jones. He said there's still upside for Daniel Jones after the mess the Giants put him in over the last three years and that we've really just seen the tip of the iceberg in what Jones is capable of if they finally surround him with some better receivers, if they continue to improve that offensive line continue to improve the, the roster as a whole. So I'm going to trust, yes, the Giants are paying. They're paying more for future. They're paying more for what they expect than what Jones has done in the past. But I'm going to trust after what, after what the Giants treated us to in 2022 with Shane and Dable in charge, I'm going to trust that they have an idea that they know what they see. Well, you know, and that's the amazing thing about, about giants fandom. I mean, if anyone has more capital right now in the NFL than Brian Dable, I'm not sure who it is. I mean, after, after taking a, a team that's failed miserably for five years and getting them into the playoffs and Joe Shane, after taking a team that was in such terrible, a ter uh, terrible cap uh, uh, situation and, and fixing that so that they actually have some cap room to, to work with this year. And considering all of the, the, the little moves that he made during the season to, to find guys who would, who would help them out at, at almost no cost. You would think the Giants fans would say, yeah, I think these two guys deserve the benefit of the doubt with us. <laughs> if, if they actually think that, that Daniel Jones is worth it, maybe, maybe we should, uh, you know, take, take their word for it and, and see what the deal is. You know, it just shows you that even after a good year, Things have been rough for Giants fans for a while, and, and people are still raw about some of that. And, and the fact of the matter is, fans always think they know better anyway. Fans always think they know better than, than the general manager whose livelihood depends on it and the coach who's going to get fired if he plays the wrong quarterback. So, you know, if, if, if the Giants are wrong about Daniel Jones, then down the line, that's going to cause Joe Shane and Brian Dable their jobs. And they they know that. They understand that. And that just tells you, I 
I believe this, Tony. I think that Joe Shane and Brian Dable walked in the door a year ago, you know, 13 months ago now. They walked in the door at 1925 Giants Drive in East Rutherford. They walked in the door fully expecting to have to do whatever they had to do to get themselves a quarterback in the 2023 NFL draft. They had a situation where the Giants had Daniel Jones. He had a year to go. They they decided not to exercise the fifth-year option. I wrote it a long time ago. I thought the odds were stacked against Daniel Jones returning in 2023. I think that Daniel Jones played well enough that he surprised Joe Shane. He surprised Brian Dable. He surprised Mike Kafka. And they're, they're looking at this now going, we think we've already got the answer. And, and why mess with that? We, you know, we, you almost have to look at Daniel Jones as as like a second year player instead of a fourth or fifth year player, just because of the mess he was in with Joe judge and Jason Garrett and and all of that, the last two years, you almost have to throw those two years out because they were, they were not constructive toward, toward building a, a productive NFL quarterback. But, but you just have to understand those two guys there, they, their legacies are tied to this guy and they're not going to do that. If they don't believe in him, I would, I think if you, if you pinned them down in a corner and you know shot them up with truth serum, I think they would tell you that they're as surprised as anybody else that they're going forward with Jones. Yeah, and I think you know there's a lot of revisionist history around that that fifth year option uh, from from last year. A lot of people now saying, "Oh, well, the, you know, that was a really bad decision by by Joe Shane." Not no, it was, a, it was the right call, option. absolutely the right, right definitely the right decision at the time. As you say, not only not you know not only their questions about his his performance based on what he did during during the Joe Judge years, uh, but also as people conveniently forget, there was that neck injury that at one point people were saying was career threatening and, and, you know, they didn't really know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the doctors were, were telling them what they thought was going on there, but still you have had all that stuff going on there. And there was, I think at the time, not too many people complained that they didn't pick up the fifth year option for $22 million. And so now probably many of the same people are saying, Oh, I should have, I should have uh, had him for 22 million. Of course, it's interesting to see how, how the, the, the tide turns as the news slowly leaks out on Twitter because the a lot of the same people who were originally saying, oh, 41 million dollars a year for for, you know, for the next couple of years, you know, and and uh, 160 million dollars overall. But then it turns out, oh, only 82 million is going to be guaranteed. Oh, only 19 million dollar cap hit in year one. And so all of a sudden now people are saying, oh, well, this is a great job by Joe Shane to make a, a team friendly contract and so on. So uh, overreaction is is, I think, the one of the hallmarks of, of Giants fans. And I won't I won't uh, say that I'm not in that group. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's I think it's par for the course with the media too, Tony. It happens. It's, yeah. it's just the nature of the beast. And look, I did want to get into that contract structure and the cap hit and all of that. I see as we're as we're live on YouTube and we're live on Facebook as well. I see some people commenting and 
and you know talking about $40 million a year. And some people seem to understand the contract structure and some don't. It's a four-year, $160 million deal. I have not seen the contract, but the, the reporting that we've seen so far indicates that there are $35 million worth of incentives on top of that 460 or 160 million dollars and those are going to be most likely what are called not likely to be earned incentives which means they're incentives that Jones will get if he reaches them but things that he's never reached in his career like 30 touchdown passes like being an all pro like passing for 5000 yards in a season things that that he might be able to do someday but that he hasn't done so those incentives wouldn't count against the salary cap and the other thing is yes it's a 40 million dollar average annual value but as you said tony the way the contract is structured every year is not the same the initial year 2023 Jones' cap hit is reported to be $19 million. The, the franchise tag for Jones would have been $32.4 million. So the Giants are saving $13 million on the cap. And the fifth year option would have been $22 million, so it's even right. $3 million less than that. And the other part of that is you've got that $13 million savings and you franchise tagged Saquon Barkley, which we'll get into Barkley a little bit more later on, but you franchise tagged Barkley for $10.1 million. Now, add those two things up, and you've got Jones and Barkley in 2023 for $29 million and change, where you would have had to pay Jones... 32.4 under the tag and Barkley would have walked. So you get both of your best offensive players back in a scenario where also the way that the contract is structured, it is really a two year deal. I don't, whatever the numbers are 82 million with the possibility of 94 million being guaranteed the way the contract is structured, according to the reporting that I have read, the Giants have an out after two years because all of the guaranteed money will have been paid. So it's a two-year deal that the Giants can walk away from. And yes, there would be a dead money, you know, dead money charge if they were to walk away from it. But they didn't tie themselves to Daniel Jones for years and years and years here. They left themselves an out after two years to where they can say, if we were wrong, let's move on. Right. And, and the, the thing about those, those, you know, contract guarantees and the parts that are, that are not guaranteed if in, in the last two years, uh, you know, is that, is that, as you say, if, if he disappoints, if he is, is what the worst fears of Giants fans uh, were, if that turns out to be, then, as you say, they, they've gotten out after two years with, with some dead money in the, in the next couple of years. But if he plays well enough that he picks up those last two years, and if he plays well enough so that he earns those incentives and gets paid an extra $35 million so that over four years it's $195 million, 
Well, that means he turned into a great quarterback. Absolutely. And, and if he turned, you know, and if he turned into Patrick Mahomes, well, nobody's going to turn into Patrick Mahomes. But if he turns, if he turns into Joe Burrow, or you know, or Justin Herbert, or or Trevor Lawrence, or whoever, you know, um, and the and the Giants win a Super Bowl, or they go go deep into the playoffs on a, on a yearly basis, then I'm sure everybody will be happy that but we're paying him big bucks. And so that's the nice thing about those, well, those non-guaranteed parts of contracts is that is that if you have to pay them, you're pretty happy with your quarterback. And the other thing is, as, as you had indicated earlier, the fact of the matter is perhaps even by the end of this off season, Daniel Jones will be making mid-level quarterback money. By the time all of these guys we mentioned, you know, get paid, which is going to happen probably in the next few months, maybe over the next year, most of those guys will get paid. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody out there, you know, Lamar Jackson got franchise tagged today, but he might be the rare exception where somebody's willing to pay him and fork over the, the two first round picks. I think in, in more than 20 years, that's only happened one time. I think Lamar Jackson might, might be the, the, the second time that that happens, but Jones just got mid-level quarterback money. And, and yeah, it's a lot more money than you and I will ever make, but with the money that gets thrown around in the NFL, what he just got is mid-level money. And if he plays well, it's going to look like a bargain. And here, here's, here's the other thing that, you know, people are worried about, I see some comments floating through here. People are worried about long-term not being able to sign Dexter Lawrence to an extension, not being able to sign Xavier McKinney to an, accept, to an extension, losing players like that. The reality of it is, people, the, the salary cap in 2023 is $224.8 million. It's projected to go up to $256 million next season and $282 million by 2025. The salary cap is just exploding beyond anyone's wildest dreams thanks to all the streaming money and, and television money and, and all of that that's coming into the league. So what looks like a lot of money today is going to look like you know virtual chump change you know a year year and a half from now yeah and that's why you want to get your key players into longer term contracts because whatever you sign them for today that looks high is not going to look high in a few years and so one of the comments that i saw on twitter today is that oh well jones is only going to be making five million dollars a year less than mahomes and and that's true as far as the average values over their whole contracts but uh first of all mahomes is actually if you look if you look uh, now and into the future mahomes is averaging 48 million but when he first signed that contract it was considered outrageous and an amazingly high commitment of money by the Kansas City Chiefs. Fast forward three years and nobody looks at Mahomes' contract and says, oh, my God, that's such a huge contract. People no, say, he, oh, yeah, he's absolutely worth forty five million dollars a year. You know, and, he's uh, underpaid. He's, he's underpaid. He's underpaid by the by but the, they didn't the say NFL that when he, when he signed. Right. Right. And, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it all depends contract. on how well you perform, right? I mean, so Kyler Murray's looking pretty overpaid right now at $46 million a year, although he's got a chance 
to to mm-hmm. change the narrative on that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it all depends on on how well you play. If you play well, then in a few years you look like a bargain. Absolutely. And the thing that people do have to understand, as I said, this is a four year deal. If Jones doesn't play well, the Giants have the ability to get out of this deal after two seasons. So they're they're not tying themselves. They're not hamstringing themselves here for five years. They're not stuck with this guy forever. If, if it doesn't work out, if it goes south, they can get out of this. They can get out of this fairly quickly. So, for me, in a lot of ways, that it, it's in a lot of ways, it's a best case scenario because because of the the shorter term, because of the fact that they're keeping Barkley, because of the fact that they still have some cap room. I think Tony. I think between Barkley and Jones, the the. Uh, they now have, I think, $18 million in cap space. We don't know whether they're going to make Kenny Galladay a post-June 1 cut or a pre-June 1 cut. The difference, in case people don't know, if they make him a pre-June 1 cut, they save $6.7 million against the 2023 cap. That can be used right away to help them go out and sign free agents. If they make him a post-June 1 cut, they save $13.5 million, but that money can't be used in this initial wave of free agency. That money doesn't count on their books until after June 1, until after he's officially designated as a free agent. The you know, the other big thing they can do is is extend the contract of Leonard Williams to drive his cap hit down. So so they they can and will create more space, but really it was the best case scenario to to get both players and to have the dollar figure wind up underneath that thirty two point four million dollar franchise tag. Yeah, and the thing about the post June first cut also is that as you say you you can't spend the money until after june 1st and people might say well that's too late to get the 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 biggest free agents because the biggest free agents are going to be in the market in a in a week or so which is Uh, why which is exactly why you might take the you might take the lower savings right so that so that you might be able to add a player or two with that money but there's even a way around that, and the way around that, which I I believe Joe Shane used some of last year. I can't remember whether he did or not, but sometimes GMs do this. Is that once you have your draft class and you've got to sign them, uh, you can postpone signing some of your draft class until June first, when that new money kicks in. And if you do that, your your draftees have to wait a while before before they get uh, under contract. But it does give you that extra money that you can use that you would have used on them before June first. You can use that on a free agent before that. So then there's always and, and you know and that's the thing about about the the, the business of the NFL is that. There are just so many different sides to it, and the and the finances just have so many little loopholes and 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 provisions for things that there's like a way to get anything done if you really want to do it. It's just about you know, the which case. is which is why I tell people not to obsess yeah. about the cap, although we all do. And in terms of draft picks, if you if you really look at it, those guys generally don't sign until shortly before training camp anyway. 
So if the Giants want to look at the Galladay savings as their money to be used to sign their draft class, then you make him a post-June 1 cut, save the $13.5 million and use that to sign the rookies and, uh, and, and go from there. But uh, I know that the Giants would like to be able to to uh, to shop for a slightly higher caliber of free agents this time around. We'll see if they're able to do that. But, uh, Tony, we have to talk about Saquon Barkley a little bit. Um, I've said all along, ever since the, the season ended and ever since Joe Shane had his uh, – his season-ending press conference, I've said all along that it was clear that Saquon Barkley was second fiddle in these negotiations. And here we are, 28 minutes into our show, just now beginning to talk about Barkley. And that's yet another indication that he was indeed second fiddle. I thought all along that if push came to shove, Joe Shane was willing to let Saquon walk out the door. I I think he was clear about that, although he wouldn't say it in so many words. But I think I think this is this is a good scenario for the Giants. You get at least another year of Barkley, then you can figure out, you know, if you actually want to go forward, you know, a- any farther with Saquon. But you get both of your top guys. Mm-hmm. So, but I, but I, as I said all along, I thought Jones was the priority. Barkley was second fiddle and you know the home run was to keep both of them in 2023 and the Giants managed to do that yeah and I think you know I mean to me Barkley is important to retain as a Giant uh, because the if you ask you know what's what's keeping the Giants from being a top flight team I mean they I mean they were a playoff team this year but if you if you ask them what's keeping them from from really being a legitimate Super Bowl contender, there are several several answers to that. And you know, one of them is is that uh, uh, you know you need you need you need to be uh, have have better quality at positions where the Giants really have subpar quality, uh, like in the linebacking core, for example, especially. But but on the positive side, what you need to really contend for a Super Bowl is you need elite players. You need playmakers you, who are difference makers. And if you ask who are the difference makers on the Giants right now, uh, well, Barkley is the primary difference maker on, on offense. And so bringing him back this year, I thought was a very important thing to do. And I'm thrilled that that they're, they're not just going to have to let him walk this year. I personally would like to see him stay a Giant for another two or three years. Uh, I understand that running backs uh, start to tail off at some point in their careers, but uh, I think Barkley still has a couple of years left in him as an elite running back. And so I'd, I'd like to see him stay. Uh, and again, the, the, the trick now is, is if you can find a couple of those elite difference making players in the draft this year to add to Barkley, to add to Jones, uh, especially someone at wide receiver, especially uh, maybe someone someone on the defense who's a playmaker. Uh, you know, then all of a sudden the Giants do move up into that that contending status. Absolutely. You know the thing about Barkley, Tony, and I had this conversation with a couple of people when I was in Indianapolis. You can use analytics to make whatever argument about Saquon Barkley that you want to make. 
you can use his yardage and his number of carries and in the big plays and yards per carry, you can use a lot of the standard measures to look at Saquon Barkley and say he's a superstar. You can also use the analytics. You can use you know um, expected points added, efficiency stats, you know per carry success rate kind of stats. If you want to make the case that he's that he's below replacement level as a running back. You can also do that. So, so, so Barkley is a little bit of a, of a, uh, of a divisive figure when it comes to that. And yet you're right for the New York football giants. He is a difference maker. He is an impact player. He's important to them. The problem is, you know, over the long haul, as he gets into his late 20s, and, and we have to recognize that even though he had a really good 2022, he's not 2018 Saquon Barkley anymore. I don't think he's the magic man of, of 2018. He's maybe not quite as explosive as he once was. Um, is it really... This year or next year, is it a smart thing to do to pay him 13 or 14 or 15 million dollars a year? Probably not. And that's and that's what's hard is you'd really like to have him on this football team. But can you pay him, you know, 13, 14? Can you pay him 38, 39 million dollars over three years? I just don't know that the answer to that is yes. And that's also then where the where the question of guaranteed salary comes in as well, because if you're going to try if if you're if you're going to in good faith try to negotiate, let's say a three year deal with Barkley, um, then I think it's pretty fair for Joe Shane to say to Barkley's agent, "Well, we're not going to guarantee three years at say thirteen million per year uh, because we just don't know about." about running backs and we can't, you know, we just can't make that kind of a commitment with, with no out for ourselves. And so again, you could have the situation of a possible out after year two or that not 100% of the money in year three is guaranteed and, you know, and so on and so forth. There are, there are, there are always ways to, to get around that. Uh, And I don't claim to know what the best solution is is for Barkley. The only thing that I know right now is that he's their, he's their one true offensive difference maker. And, and the funny thing this year about Barkley is that he wasn't really a difference maker in this. In, I mean, he, yeah, he, he still, he still finished second in the NFL with, with, uh, in explosive runs. He was a few behind, uh, Nick Chubb. All right. Uh, so he still had something like 18 explosive runs in, in 2022, and so the you know the, the the elite characteristics are still there, but when I think about Barkley's great plays during during 2022, the two plays that I think about are the two point conversion in the first game against Tennessee, where it really was was just his kind of shiftiness and pure will to get into the end zone that prevented him from being tackled uh, four yards short of the goal line there. And then the other play was the winning touchdown in the playoff game against Minnesota, where he was hit before hit, reaching the goal line by Dalvin Tomlinson and basically just dragged Dalvin Tomlinson into the end zone to score the winning touchdown. And so 
you know, that's, that's, that's the thing about Barkley that I keep coming back to is that he, he has kind of that, that it factor to him, even if he's not the guy that, that he was in 2018, you know, making 10 different guys miss on a, on a 50 yard run and stuff like that. Even if he's not that guy anymore, he, he's still the most dangerous offensive player they have. And so I'm hoping myself that, that they find a way that makes sense for both sides to keep him here for a couple more years. You still want the ball in his hands when a play has to get made. And the, the thing that's going to be really interesting uh, for people who don't know, now that the Giants have used the tag on Saquon, the Giants have until July 17 to work out a deal with Barkley, to work out a long-term deal um, before this, be, before Barkley would be forced to play the season on the uh, on the franchise tag. It will be interesting to see if the Giants and, and Saquon's reps are able to uh, are able to come to a deal, if the Giants are even interested in coming to a deal at this point, I think as Joe Shane said, I think the Giants have kind of drawn a, lo- a line in the sand with Saquon and said, you know, this is our dollar figure. We're we're not going beyond this for a running back, and we'll have to see if. Uh, if that impasse gets resolved or if they just uh, table it and, and go back at it uh, after next off season. Yeah. And uh, obviously yeah, his contract discussion has to take place within the context of the other free agents. They're <clears throat> trying to uh, sign. And uh, I guess we'll start to know in a week or so who the giants maybe have their eye on and, and maybe by the, the, third week in March, we'll actually see some movement there. Maybe we'll get a better idea of what's start to get a better idea of what might actually be feasible for Barkley. But again, even then, you know, you could structure a multi-year contract for Barkley with not much of a cap hit in year one and more of a cap hit in year two and so on and so forth. You could make it a two-year contract. You can make it a three-year contract with an out after year two. And there's, there's so many different tricks they can play with with contracts that they have a lot of latitude and and i think it really in the end it's just just going to come come down to how much more valuable does brian dable consider him to be than a running back that they might get in the draft because this this year's draft is actually very deep in running backs and i'm actually sort of hoping the giants draft a running back regardless of what they do with saquon barkley but uh uh I think at at some point we'll we'll start to get an idea of how much Dable really values him. I think you're right, and one of the things that I am very curious about, I, I agree with you, Tony, that I would like to see the Giants draft a running back. And for me, one of the tells on where the future might be going with Saquon, one of the tells might be just how early they pull the trigger on drafting a back. Yeah. If if they go and draft a back on day two, that tells you that tells me anyway that in the back of their mind, they're thinking about finding a guy who might be you know RB one in a post Saquon era with the Giants. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, Tony, very, very interesting day for the New York Giants. In my estimation, turned out uh Although the Giants took us right down to the bitter end, and in uh, how many times did you refresh Twitter today? 
<laughs> every <laughs> few seconds and as mm. and as you saw i even i even retweeted a uh, a fake tweet about about the giants uh, i i was on, on jones before i realized oh no it was a it was it was a fraud account that uh, i wasn't gonna tweeted. go there but you but you got snookered i uh, i had that i've i've had that happen before you, you know you you get to be in such a hurry to to find your answer that that it's it's not hard to uh it's not hard to get taken in i thought i saw in the last 45 minutes before the deadline i saw two fake accounts tweet a jones signing and i saw the giants super fan license plate guy try to throw out a fake tweet announcing a signing for mm -hmm. which he got thoroughly <laughs> thoroughly shouted down very quickly because people figured that one out right away but it happens around around 345 350 or so i i was i was kind of noticing how i was feeling and i realized it was pretty much the same as i felt on the on the the vikings final drive when they had fourth and eight and uh you know and then uh and then when the the news came that they had signed it was sort of like how i felt when i saw mckinney uh tackle uh uh, who was it? T.J. Hawkinson, there short of the uh, first well, down marker. <laughs> just, just as an aside, I went for a walk this morning, and I went for a walk around ten thirty this morning, and I was like, "I'm going to take a chance and go for a walk," and I cut it really, really short. I cut like a really quick walk, you know, fifteen or twenty minutes around the neighborhood, and I'm like. Cause I don't want to be out around the neighborhood if something happens and we've got to get the story posted and we've got to get all that going. And, and, and as the day went along and as it got closer to four o'clock, I'm like, why didn't I just take a nice long walk and relax for a while? And then the other thing that was going on at, at the same time, and again, it was in the mid mid afternoon or something like that, just as things were starting to, to get really, really dicey uh, with the Giants. Then all of a sudden we got the news that the Ravens are tagging Lamar Jackson. And all of a sudden I find myself starting to think thoughts like, okay, well, would you give up the 25th pick and the 2024 first round pick to, to sign Lamar and so on and so forth? If Jones no. doesn't, doesn't come back no. and so on, you start well, having those kinds of thoughts. Everybody freaks out about that. Like people are like, oh, somebody, we could get two first round picks for Saquon Barkley under the non-exclusive franchise tag. Nobody's giving up two first round picks for Saquon plus paying him 15 million a year for the next three or four or five years. That's not happening. I don't remember. I don't know the exact year that the, that the, the non-exclusive franchise tag came into play, but it's been in play for 25 years or so right now it's been used once where one time a team has actually signed the player and forked over those two first round picks it's only happened once it wasn't going to happen if the giants had to use it on daniel jones nobody was going to pay jones you know, that kind of money plus give up two first round picks. It might happen for Lamar Jackson. He is the kind of electric talent that might be worth two first round picks to to have that quarterback in your building for the next six, seven, eight years. Yeah. And and I mean, now that the Giants quarterback situation is settled, uh, if you look at the uh 
the other resident of MetLife Stadium, you know, what if Aaron Rodgers does not sign with the Jets? They, they, you know, they missed on Carr, and, and what if Aaron Jar- uh, Rodgers turns them down? Are they going to make a play for Lamar Jackson? Yeah, it's, wouldn't it's you be very interesting to see what happens to them? Wouldn't you rather have Lamar Jackson than Aaron Rodgers anyway? I, I, I said that to my wife at dinner uh, today that I'll take Aaron. Uh, I'll take uh, Lamar Jackson over Aaron Rodgers. Any, I mean, not that jo- Rodgers hasn't been a great, great quarterback. Obviously, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, but he's nearing the end of his career, and he, you know, he's kind of a pain in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of a pain in the neck. The only person in the universe he's not a pain in the neck to is Pat McAfee. That's right. That's right. You know, and so you know, if you have the chance to pick up Lamar Jackson and put him on your team, a young guy like that with the skills that that he has and uh, and what he's been shown that he can do on a football field, and give him wide receivers to throw to like the Jets have. I mean, I'm I'm sure Lamar Jackson wouldn't mind throwing to Garrett Wilson. Uh, <laughs> uh, he'd be pretty happy with that, I think. Uh, that could be a pretty explosive offense there. But that's not Giants fans' worry anymore. Uh, that's nope. uh, that's Joe Thomas's concern. Now, now we just get to worry about who Daniel Jones is actually going to be throwing to, yes. which we still have plenty of time to figure that out. And we will continue to give you free agent coverage, draft coverage, reaction and analysis to, uh, to the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley news, all the Giants information that you need at BigBlueView.com. So Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.